listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Oh my gosh. Welcome to episode 83 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast, and I can only hope that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, well, not as always, I'm here with co- my co-host, Hassan Godwin, uh, but not Latham Conger III. He will be on later. Uh, so we're starting off tonight. Uh, it's kind of a weird uh, situation for us. Uh, for the first time in our history, we have had a guest um, uh, cancel slash reschedule uh, too close to the time of the show recording that we could get a decent replacement and watch their movie choices. So uh, we have opted to just kind of jump on and chit chat about whatever comes up. And I put a call out to the interwebs to anyone who's ever been a guest on the show before and say, Hey, you know, if you're sitting around and you see this, feel free. The zoom room is the same address. Feel free to come on, jump in, say hi and, and, and hang out and, and, chat nerdly with us so uh my my good friend dennis calero uh answered the call and uh he has joined us uh for at least uh at least a small portion of the show tonight so uh dennis welcome back to sentimental thank you i've had a little bit of brandy that's gonna affect my point of view now now i'm watch he broke the first rule of campbellianism though because uh, right. he, he, he answered the call you're supposed to refuse the call <laughs> <laughs> so you know, all right, but you know, the, so, so we're called, in new territory now. So we're in, we're called in and then hung up and then called yeah, that's back. right. I <laughs> and it made of, me like, hey, <laughs> I thought about it. I'm sorry. No, wait a minute. I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for a moment because Steve, is your last name Hoviki? No, not Hoveki. Well, it's not, it's neither of those. Wait, which is what is it? It's Hoviki. Hoviki. Oh my god, I've been saying it wrong all these years. I'm gonna have to write you a note. No. <laughs> I'm gonna have I know before before you even respond to that, I found this out like ten years ago, like when talking to him, and he so awesome. he casually mentions this because he was on the phone with someone. I think we were at uh, Simonson's house, and you were on the phone with someone, and he he pronounced his name Hoviki, and I'm like, that's not your name. I was like, the audience can't see my camera, but I was like this. I was like. <laughs> I was like, nye, 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 pull the collar. Oh no! So I apologize, and I'm going to mispronounce dude, it again. I, for the I next never, so sorry. I never uh, uh, correct anyone who who says my name. I mean, the most common mispronunciation is Hoveki, mm. uh, which, to be a hundred percent honest with you, might have at one point been the correct pronunciation sure. because sure. when sure. when it, when it came over and was Americanized. There was a C before the K originally, wow. uh, going back to uh, Dutch and German ancestry. Mm-hmm. So it may very well have been, but 
as far as I know, right? It's it's Hoviki. Mm-hmm. And and that's just you know, and that's fine. But like I said, I had two, I had a brother and two sisters, all went to the same high school, all had the same teachers in, in the 10 years before I got there, and they called all of us Hoveki. And by the time I got there, <laughs> it was far beyond me to correct any of them at that point, right? You know? <laughs> so I, you know, I gave up correcting people like in the second grade. I'm like, just whatever, you know, I'm not gonna bother with it. So yeah, it's that's it's a, certainly nothing to feel bad about. That's but like, yeah, uh, it, it always is to... funny when people do that though, they're like Wait, how did you say your name? Yeah. <laughs> People who've known me for a really long time. Shocking. I used to get Goodwin all the time. People used you to still insist do. on, yeah, insist no, on adding yeah, that, that O in you're, there. Yeah, you're, you're, that's that's adding an O that doesn't exist. Yeah, and I, I've never understood it. I don't know why Goodwin is more, uh, more reasonable or more more common than Godwin. I've never, I've, I've never met a Goodwin. In my whole life, you oh, know, so okay. I've known there's the Archie Goodwin. That's the the most right. prominent oh, right. Goodwin I've known. Right. But um, but you know, I've never met. I've never I've met a couple of other Godwins, which is really strange. But I've never met a Goodwin, so I don't know why. But it is what it is. Then, <laughs> it's then better than Goblin. Before we which get if any... you if you misspell my name is what you'll get in uh, Google. <laughs> so Goblin. Well, that, yeah, come on, that's so. pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not troll, you're fine. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so while uh, while Dennis will not stick around for the entire normal three or four hours that we normally would take to do a show, <clears throat> he does. He figured that, and we discussed this before we started the show. Uh, we all have seen uh, Godzilla versus Kong, so uh, I which figured, came out today, which was dropped today. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have all seen it. Hassan stayed up. Uh, and and watched it upon its dropping. Uh, need to I keep set, telling people. I, I set my alarm and woke <laughs> up at an early hour to watch it. And uh, and Dennis saw it uh, this afternoon, I guess. And as a so normal we've person, all, we've also all seen the Snyder cut, so we could t- talk a little bit about that. We have, we have all seen this. We have all seen the Snyder have. cut. So yes, we could technically okay. talk about again. That as well. I stayed up. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a, that, that was a fluke because we were both going to be up, and then it was just we were both waiting for it to drop, and then we were literally on the on this talking, and we ended it, it came on, and we ended up staying on here until like four, oh and I'm like, goodness. well, I'm going to I'm going to bed. And he's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then the next thing I do is I talk to him the next day, and he's like, yeah, I stayed up and watched the whole thing. <laughs> the whole stupid thing. <laughs> Look at the same thing. It's the same thing I said to Dolce about like in just in general, it was just four hours of brand new content. I didn't care what it was. Like it was just four hours of something brand new. And it never dragged to to a point where if you were tired enough, you'd be like, Oh, I'll finish this tomorrow. I'll just, what's interesting to me about that in context with, and we'll get to Godzilla in context uh, of all the shenanigans that went on around, you know, the, the first version of that film is it struck me. The first thought was, yeah, for a four hour movie, this is moving at a pretty good clip and everything feels pretty necessary. There's not a lot I would cut. That's how it felt to me. There's definitely some things that could be, but I'm like, it, it hit me. Like if I saw this in 2016, I'd be like, there is no possible way as is to cut this down to two hours. It's simply not possible. Oh, two three hours, hours no. maybe. No. Three hours, maybe. Yes, maybe. I, but if there's a, a movie that's supposed to be two hours, I would have walked out of that screening and gone. There's going to have to be some major changes, combining scenes, 
to tell oh, yeah. the same things. And, and it makes me wonder because usually when you get a four hour cut of a movie, that's supposed to be a two hour movie. There's a lot of fat, a lot of stuff that could be cut. A lot of, a lot of things that are meant to be, um, well, I've learned this, you know, not only meant to be um, cut scenes on a Blu-ray, but also in some ways um, directors will film two or three different scenes that will say the same information, thinking that we'll drop one of these. We'll keep the one that people like the most. Right. That convey the same info. But this, that movie felt like an effort to force the studio. This is all we love to conjecture. This is just conjecture. Of course. Of course. Right. To force the studio to cut this into two films, to force someone to say, there's no way this will be one movie, but it's great. So let's make it into two. two And I wouldn't have thought that would have been a bad decision either, except that I think at that point, um, DC was probably Warner Bros. was probably really concerned about people's reactions to the first, the, the previous two movies, and we're not sure about the box office after uh, BVS came back. Not what they wanted it to be, although it, it made money, but not what they wanted it to make. Um, and someone said, "No, like we're we're just not going to do that. We're gonna we're gonna change direction." Um, you know what I would love to know? <clears throat> I know there's no way we'll ever get a breakdown like this, but I would love to know two things. One, I would love to know, I would love to see the Justice or the um, the Zack Snyder's Justice League broken down so I could see uh, what material was original that he had originally and which mm-hmm. material was part of the $90 million in reshoots. That's what I would love to know. I would love to know all the additional stuff, which is basically all kind of the after the fact material, because this really isn't the Snyder cut. This is right. this is like it like it's called Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's not a Snyder cut anymore because he was given 90 million dollars and allowed to go reshoot stuff. That makes it a whole new a whole new game. You know, you can't compare this to the Joss Whedon one simply because they aren't all same playing with the same material. This yeah. has to be a conversation that you and I have outside of the podcast because i know some things oh that that i can't we're not live right interesting and what's interesting to me about that is i actually think it's a better story for zach to say zach like i know him for snyder to say (laughs) uh, this was because this this is what i think is the truth this was a passion project that was heavily involved in family stuff he just something he wanted to finish I think a lot of the effects were already done. Like the black suit is just the red suit that they just did a mask and made it, made it black and silver. Um, A lot of the stuff was already done because effects had been being worked on as it went. Um, And he just wanted to show that, that his version was good, you know? And I think that would have been a more interesting story, but I think that he didn't, my conjecture is that he didn't want to appear as someone that was just like, here's my fan film. He wanted it to appear like, no, I've been tapped to complete this vision by right. the studio. Um, but if I, if what I have been told is true, he, he just made this Herculean effort by himself, which to me is incredible. It is. And, and, and that I, I respect that a lot more. If, that, if, if that's do. in fact the case, I, I do respect I that a lot more. But however, that being said, I still think watching that movie, there is. And now this is taking into account, you know, taking out 
all those epilogue scenes. I think none of those are necessary to the actual core story. Those are all, those are all there to say, this is what I would have done. This is what I would have shown. Yeah. This is where it would have gone, you know, Uh, especially the extended nightmare sequence, which I absolutely love. I actually think that is one of the coolest parts of that movie. I think that looked like a fan film. (laughs) It's really badly done. Dialogue included. And I was very happy. I thought in totality, the Snyder cut, was better than the, the Whedon cut. Right. Which, you know, maybe it's a little unfair to compare, um, but really well written. I thought actually the tone was, was elevated from the previous two already. And the, the, the ending, I know why they did it. It's, it's fun, but compared to the really well-crafted film that came before it, and it, to do a three and a half hour story with some extra stuff added, that is that that moves at that clip and is so well constructed is really admirable. And, and the end just that, that uh, the, the nightmare um, sequence just felt like they were just writing the script on the fly and people didn't, st- it just didn't appeal to me, but, but okay. continue, please. Uh, so removing the epilogues, having the movie end at its logical ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'd say take out, there's probably at least for me, at least another, 35 to 40 minutes that could be taken out comfortably and make this a really tight three hour movie that, I mean, like you said, it still moves along just fine. There's no, like I said, there's, there's no points of it where I'm bored or I'm just like, please get on. I agree. hundred percent. But I think there are still places where there's material that is gilding the Lily a little bit. And I think, and I I think that there is stuff that could come out. I think that, spending time expanding characters who are already there is not always necessary. You know, that's the whole point of, of, you know, you get to a movie like this, you don't have to spend time. You know, that's always been one of my complaints about Spider-Man films is they spell, they, no matter what Spider-Man film it is, they always spend some portion of it talking about how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. And I'm Hmm. just like, everybody knows how Spider-Man became Spider-Man at this point. All right, move on. You know, accept the fact we all know who Spider-Man is and go to it. It was it was actually starting to get ridiculous with Batman, like after so many adaptations. Oh, like yeah. How many times do we have to see the Waynes get blown the, away? The, the, the falling pearls. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. the yes. Always. There's although, always the, although the first bat, the first Batman, the Batman 89 did it, I think, very smart in that that they said that we're going to do a Joker origin story and we're just going to show you because we someone obviously we kind of have to at that point. But we're going to show you the Batman origin in just a very quick snippet. Yeah. Like two minutes tops. And I think and, that was the smart way to go. And again, it's it's an origin story that 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 most everyone at some point now has seen a Batman film somewhere. They know who Batman is. They know how to kind of how he became Batman. So a two or three minute clip showing how they became Batman is one thing a 15 minute sequence in the film setting up, you know, telling you how a character becomes a character that you already know, you know, do it in the credit sequence, you know, do it and do it, do it smartly in the credits and be done with it. It has struck me a little bit odd though, in the new Spider-Man movies, which I, which I love. I love this iteration of the character. And I really, I, I, I loved far from home and I love Mysterio in it. It's, It's really creative and wonderful sequences. Um, does it strike you odd at all 
that in the numerous appearances of Spider-Man in the MCU, they still haven't really addressed the Uncle Ben thing at all? Or do you just think? No, I think it's like, like, if, they, like if they changed it, if they ended up going like, we're going to change the origin a little bit, make a, a there because they, they haven't really indicated anything. So there was there was a guy named there was an uncle. He is dead. Correct. But they haven't really said anything beyond that. So nope. they could conceivably scroll it in the sense of making it the thing that you think, you know, something different. They could. And uh, I think at this point, I think it would be a waste of time going back to suddenly give him an issue that he hasn't had for two films. You know, if, if it popped up suddenly and if in a future iteration of it mm. where something happens and all of a sudden he has a flashback and you we now find out what happened to Uncle Ben. And this is the impetus for this sort of right. a, a PTSD style uh, flashback or situation. Uh, I think it would feel out of place. I think I think it's fine not addressing it. I think it's fine us just kind of getting those few little bits in civil war of, of finding out how he became Spider-Man and not really having to worry about uh, the other side of things. I think it's fine that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that he's now established through two films, well, through five films. And so now we don't, you know, I don't think we need to go back and read. I want to go back. It 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 might feel pointless to go backwards. Yeah. Hassan, did you like the Snyder cut? Yes, very much. Were you, um, was anybody surprised? Like I was surprised how much I liked it. I was, I was surprised. I wasn't surprised that I liked it because, like I said, I was hungry for something. Sure. So I might have just went, all right. But are, but you, I was, but are you a fan of those two previous films? Uh, is that is that a point? No. Of contention? No, no. Okay. I just know the answers. <laughs> there, there are things about Man of Steel that I liked, but there were, sure. the, there, there were. In my opinion, there were such so many fundamental flaws that I just could not overlook. Just and and just the more you think about it, because the story is like very. It's a very strong story. It's very. Um, it's a very insistent. I guess it's the the one way of saying it. The story, like it's it's, you know, like this is the way we're going with this, and this is just you know this this. It's a bit, what we used to say in art school is it's very authoritative. Like whatever you do, on the image. You have to make sure that it feels like you're really saying this. And yeah, you have conviction. Yeah, it was a, it, 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 it's a definite like um, unique vision, you know, um, that that they wanted you to step into. The you know they they wanted to get rid of the crystalline, you know, uh, uh, um, Krypton stuff. Yeah, yeah, they wanted they wanted to 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 re to you know just to to remake the whole thing. I have no problem with that. Um, uh, by the time we got to BVS, I was just like, oh, "Okay, whatever," <laughs> you know. And I wasn't. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't mean that. I was like, I don't even care. I. I was just like, there's. There's so many things that were wrong at the in the foundation of the story. This house, whatever house they're building, is not going to stand for long. Mm, mm. So I don't really mind what kind of you know you know uh, awnings and and uh, balconies you want to slap on it you could do whatever you want now because it's now it's the you right. know this the destruction of this thing is going to be just as much a piece of art as you know as the the construction of it so like okay it's like one of my fundamental problems with uh batman versus superman this is very simple is is as i've said a hundred times is Jarrell beating zod in the in the in the first 10 minutes of the film mm. Right. And I'm like, this just completely, and as I was watching, it wasn't one of those things where 
after a while I was watching and I started to dissect where it went wrong. Right, right, right. Like right. as I was watching, I was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like what? this is supposed to be your main villain. You know, we're not, uh, you know, uh, Jarrell famously dies, you know, like we, he's, he's very, he, there's no need to hold up his, um, there's, there's no need to, to kind of prop up his legacy or, you know, build up his, his, uh, his hero bona fides, you know, there's no, yeah, yeah. you're, 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 you're disservicing. I thought about that. Okay. No, that, no, 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 finish. finish and I, yeah, I've heard, I've heard things also. So I'd love to hear uh, your elaboration on it, but it's just I, like, I one think, of, oh, go, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Hassan, go ahead, please finish up. It's just, it's a, you know, in the beginning of um, infinity war, Thanos beat the crap. Out I was going to say the same goddamn thing. Same minds, baby. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it then shows- that, effectively establishes Thanos you know everybody knows the Hulk everybody knows this guy is 100%. is an immovable force right so yeah. the fact that you know single-handedly your main your new main bad guy who's not new but I mean he's basically this is the this is the yeah. first time that they're three-dimensionalizing Thanos for the audience um the, his first act is to to render the Hulk unconscious or right. beat him so badly he refuses to make an appearance in the rest of the film that effectively says everything that you need to know yep. about yeah, a yeah. villain. Um, and so like this for, for Michael Shannon to have to basically sucker punch Russell Crowe in order to beat Jarrell, who's, who's, who's very, very prominently stated to be not a warrior and just a scientist, the scientist right. wing of their society. It just made no sense. It was like right there is a fundamental flaw. Um, I, so by the by the time he shows up at the end of the film, I'm, I've been I've, yeah I've spent like the last two and a half hours with uh, Henry Cavill learning how to, to control himself and to and holding himself back and you know that that one moment of weakness where he trashes that guy's truck you know and again and yeah which it's just like The Witcher as far as I'm concerned with that shit is. <laughs> You know, I don't care who you are, or how tough you you are. You're gonna see Henry Cavill, and you're gonna pour beer over his head. Anyhow, plus, why would the boss <laughs> fire uh, Clark yeah. for for defending one of the waitresses from a rowdy guy? That no boss in a bar would they would love right. pay extra for that, especially yeah, they, when Clark didn't get violent. He didn't. Yeah. He was. He did it. He did everything passively. You know, right. right. Uh, it, he he, yeah. uh, he uh, Patrick Swayze did. He was like, "This is he's nice until it's time to not be nice." Exactly. Um, two things on that. Uh, one observation about what you just talked about Thanos and the Hulk that goes back, or, or it was famously um, demonstrated in the third, uh, the third man, which is they, someone asked Orson Welles why he played that part, kind of very affably. You know, the classic noir film in which Orson Welles, the third man, is the is the, the villain, titular villain, and they asked. Uh, Wells, why did you play the part kind of like an affable guy? Um, and he's like, well, I, you know, the way that people react, what you look for the audience in terms of uh, what a villain or a character might be is they look at what the other actors are doing, what the other characters are doing, how they react. So we spent an, uh, half of this movie with people talking about this character, Harry Lyme, as if he's this 
uh, really scary, dangerous person. So when I show up as a character, I don't have to do anything because everything's been done for me. I, the, the, the audience is afraid of me because they've seen other people be afraid of me. Guys, they've so seen bad. my effect. On, exactly. They've seen my effect on other people. Uh, the other thing specifically, now we're going to get real esoteric and we might want to end the, um, <laughs> get back to Godzilla real quick. Um, <laughs> I, I think the answer to your question about the whole approach to this thing and specifically like Jarrell is that, and I've, and I've heard Snyder's a really nice guy. So it's, this is not anything personal, but Snyder is an avowed objectivist. And for your audiences to know what that is, it's a person that follows the teachings of Ayn, uh, Ayn Rand who believed essentially in a philosophy that said um, a person's ultimate responsibility is to, uh, is to attend to their own uh, greatness, their own uh, perseverance, their own uh, ascension, uh, to exercise their power, whatever that power is, uh, and that society is wrong to try to hold them back. And by the way, um, don't, uh, I'm simplifying a little bit, but I'm not simplifying all that much, uh, your audience would see if they looked into it. Um, don't be altruistic, don't be charitable, because that's just letting weak people rise up through society and that's bad for society. So I think that Snyder really looks at these characters through that prism. And for example, he can't, A, he can't conceive of, of Jarrell being a heroic character who is weaker than the villain. The villain must somehow use trickery to subdue Jarrell um, because Snyder, Snyder, at least, uh, I'm not saying in his real life, I'm saying in fiction, Snyder uh, equates physical strength with moral superiority a little too closely for my personal comfort. Uh, and in a way that goes against at least a classical Western conception of, of, uh, of the heroic character, um, which is also why, in my opinion, the, the story of Man of Steel becomes, I'm, I'm this powerful guy, why should I help people? Which is really weird when you consider this is about Superman, a character yeah. who the entire ethos of this character is that he is so powerful and because of that power, he feels like he must become a servant of mankind. That's what Superman is. And, he, and yeah. someone that comes from his philosophical background would not be able to understand that flatly. Right. Which is, look, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's, he's it's, a wonderful visualist. Yeah. I mean, look, it, we can, we can, we can survive his, his vision of the justice league. You know, yeah. we can survive his vision of Superman. The, the one thing he does in the, if, if, if what you're saying is, is, is the truth, and I understand that you've added a caveat of my, this may my, or may my, not be my true. perception of the truth. Right, right. Um, he he does commit the one cardinal sin that I don't believe in is that he put his political uh, uh, views above the integrity of the story that he's trying oh, to so tell. How, how, that that I'm not sure. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So please, well, in in, in not not maybe not in the sense of political. But he put he put his philosophical views in oh, you sure. know ahead of the story, and um, you I understand that 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 is an that is I I believe that that aspect of storytelling is flexible, but 
you have to account for the fact that the people who are digesting the story, if you're trying to get your message across, mm. the people who are digesting the story need to digest this, uh, need to digest all stories in a manner in which um, the the morals that you're trying to to present to them mm. are understood, right? Are right. That, that you understand them through the fundamentals of storytelling, of peril, sure. of of uh, tension, building, rising, falling tension, um, concern, uh, you know, empathy, all these other things that are important sure. for us to be able to interpret the information that you're giving us. And then you're supposed your message, if you're clever enough, a storyteller is supposed to be hidden in there so well that you didn't yeah, the, 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 the person didn't even realize they received a message while That's watching. That's why it's called subtext. It's supposed right. to be subtext. Die Hard, the subtext of Die Hard is, uh, 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 I, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Uh, the, the Which unfortunately guy, he had to actually say. You the, know, the, like, guy, <laughs> the, guy, the guy on the ground knows more, the, the, the common man knows more than the experts, than the eggheads or the, or the experts or whatever. Stuff that I do not agree with politically at right. all. A New York cop is not going to know more than an FBI expert that's been trained for years to handle these specific situations. But the story is so good and well told that I go with it. And yeah, so that you, that's so storytelling definitely is part of the part of what we're, we're, we're uncovering everything tonight, people. Part of the problem with The Last <laughs> Jedi to me uh-huh. Uh-huh. is that oh boy, the storytelling is so poor. The story, yeah, the, the structure of the storytelling is so poor. That people end up arguing about the philosophy or the the subtext, and it's like, yeah, I I get it. There's bad movies that speak to me, so I like them. Uh, so to me, that's like there's people who love that movie because they they love the subtext and the theme at the theme, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm not telling you not to love anything, right? Uh, and there's people who hate that movie because they're reacting so vitriolically to the subtext but right. i i'm in the middle going guys the problem is this isn't a very good movie that's no. the problem if this was a good movie we wouldn't be having this argument because for the, for the for the two hours of this movie we would just go okay for for this for this time period i am living in the ethos of this film because i'm being so entertained yeah and it and it seems to make sense while i'm watching it that i'm not thinking about too critically about what the thematic uh things that this movie is saying exactly right and you can you can make that argument for many many if not absolutely. all films that you absolutely. know if a movie is good enough you're never going to question anything in it you know just because you're just too busy enjoying it you know and, and having it wash over you uh, right. or you or you just, even if you even if you're questioning it you just don't care you're like you're like this right. this, do, this doesn't work and that doesn't work and you know this guy you know this right. guy's a obviously is a rapist and this this other guy is a you know he, he just threw, he just threw the hero off a building but it's done so well that you're like wow this is just a you know like look 300 as we were talking about a little yeah. earlier a lot of problems with that movie. Hell you know, of a lot of problems. Like they're, historically, they're, thematically. Historically, thematically, you know, contextually, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the depictions of, of, you know, various cultures and stuff like that over, but you know, God one exalted over the other. Work. It's fucking it's beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> it's just a beautiful story. I mean, it just, it, it's nonsense in and of itself because, you know, historically, there wasn't, it wasn't just yeah. 300 yeah, guys. Right. It was, there was a lot of caveats involved, but you just don't care. It's a fucking superhero story, right. you know, done in ancient 
Greece yeah, in, in the ancient Greece aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. And it's I, you're I, like I, fine, you know. I got I got a lot of pushback uh when I said that I love uh the greatest showman from a lot of from people, strangely enough, some from some people who were like, but PT Barnum was this, it was that, was that. And I'm like, dude, I'm not watching the real PT Barnum and right. saying, like, go, man. I'm watching a musical with a character named PT Barnum, and I'm right. loving it. So just yep. let me love it. Yeah. It's right. not, exactly. It's not, I'm not taking this as history. I'm thinking yeah. this is a musical and I'm enjoying it. So Especially like people showing up and saying, um, I remember I showed a friend of mine. Oh man, I hope he doesn't hear this. I showed a friend of mine <laughs> the sequence, the sequence from um uh uh oh, which which episode? Game of Thrones, I think it was season five or six or whatever. It's the scene with uh, uh Arthur Dane, he's fighting uh, you know, young Ned Stark with two swords and he kills like nine guys. And you know, it's just it's just a really wonderfully uh, choreographed scene. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very high epic fantasy, you know, kind of kind of aesthetic. And he's you know, my friends there is like, man, no one in medieval times fought with two swords. Oh like that. boy! And you're like, what, dude? <laughs> it's, not, it's not even <laughs> earth. It's not even <laughs> earth. I know. <laughs> just, and I'm like, I understand. Like it was like as as Stephen <laughs> as Steve says, it's a it's the it's a helicopter in the tunnel moment, right? There's yeah. there's always some moment in any fiction where you just will not get on board. You're like, I, I, my brain is stopping right here. I, yeah. I draw the line here. I get it. Well, but yeah. it's, it's to, to, to an extent, it's like, it, look, you just got to accept, look, this problem, none of this happened. None of this is real. This is not real. Either yeah, I yeah. like it or I, I don't like I've, it. I've, you know, There's a couple of things there. I, I've definitely run into execs that I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you, you can't apply the rule that this wouldn't happen because none of this happened. Right. You know, right, right. you can't just look at a story and go, because I can go to Raiders of the Lost Ark and be like, well, ghosts aren't going to come out of a ark and melt people's faces. Like, <laughs> dude, let's have some fun. Like, this is what this is about. I'm not <laughs> yeah. trying to tell, I'm not trying to, to tell you what would happen if there was a real arc. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to entertain you. Right. And John Gardner uh, said that the only real the only real rule of fiction is that you're trying to create a dream state. You know, we've all been in that moment where we're watching a film or a movie, uh, a film or a movie, a film or a book, <laughs> or reading a book, where we kind of wake up and we forgot that we were taking you're in a so piece of media. Right. You're so engrossed. And so the, the idea is don't, the number one rule is establish a suspension of disbelief. That, that's what you do in your first 10 minutes, or your mm-hmm. first 10 pages or whatever. And then don't knock the reader or viewer out of that. Yes. Right. If at all the possible. Time, if at all possible. And there have been, there, there have been movies that I've really enjoyed that there's been like a little ding and I'm like, I'm going to purposely look past this because yes. I'm enjoying myself and I want to move on. And there have been moments where I'm like, okay, there's been five or six of these and now I'm, 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 <laughs> Out I'm, of this I'm out of here. I'm, I'm looking and at my I watch. I'm eating. Po- yeah, I, need more I can't popcorn. get into this anymore because there's been too many small things that were like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that wasn't established. That didn't work. And the thing about you know, people talk about the Man of Steel specifically, the end where he kills you know Zod, and I'm like, you know, all they had to do was establish at some point that Superman doesn't kill, and then present this as a moment of like, well, Superman, I think you know, doesn't have I a think, choice. There's just going to, you know, I think the only way we're going to take this guy out is, is to kill him. No, no, we can't. And then if he does it, if that's the story you choose to tell, then have him learn something 
that's relatable about it. Have it be a lesson. Uh, you know, I don't look, I'm just pulling it out of my ass. Like, you know, you know, it's good to have ideals, but you, you have to also deal with the real world, something like that. But just to have it happen at the end, I just felt like a real fuck you. Like, we're going to really, I'm going to show you what I can do. Like, don't make you, me your adversary as a viewer. Like, make me your friend. Show me why right. this is the way it has to be. Yep. Sell me. Don't just sh- take a exactly. piece and shove it down my throat when I was expecting something else. And it's that's, a that's, fundamental- that's kind of what I was saying about, like, that's, that's almost the exact same thing I was saying. Like, if you had established Kal-El as an underdog, the whole right. movie. Right. And that, that this, you know, that, that Zod is an immovable force that he, sh- you know, that, I mean, there's, there's guys on Zod's team that are bigger than Zod that are, that be, that presented more of a problem to Kal-El than Zod did, which yeah. again, just, is just a misunderstanding of how, how visual storytelling is supposed to work. You know, you, like, like David in the first act, David can't just flip off Goliath and say, I'm right. not afraid of you. You're, you know, you're a piece <laughs> of shit. It just doesn't, it won't work after that. Or, and you, or you can't, you can't fill, you can't give so much subtext to Goliath that he's so humanized that by the time David defeats him, it's no longer a, a miracle. You know, that's the right. whole point of it. So, the if if Kalal had been the underdog this entire time and been losing that fight the entire time and at the very end of it he just snaps Zod's you know neck you know out of sheer desperation to to stop the the destruction that he's you know the wanton destruction that the character is is committing on on all the all of Metropolis I'm pretty much sure that even though the purists would be upset with the depiction of you know of Superman in that manner. The genuine audience would be like, "Yeah, I mean, this guy was, this guy was trouble. Like we were, yeah, yeah. we were losing, <laughs> we were losing real estate and bodies all over the place. You got to yeah. put a stop to this." No, no, I, I, I was going to say that. That's if you get, you know, that's if you move to get past the idea that, you know, if, if you commit to this concept, which, by the way, I have it on good authority. I'm not going to say from what that that uh, Nolan was not down with the idea of Superman killing. Like, he's like, I just got done with a series where I said, Batman does not kill. He finds a way. How do we introduce this character that's supposed to be this beacon of light that's supposed to be a character for, you know, for kids and the kids at heart, uh, for the young at heart and, and go this way. But okay, let's say that you do. There's so many ways you could have gone about it that would have been more thematically satisfying. I mean, look, you could have had it be about you know, Superman, you've been, a, you know, you've recognized that you're a Kryptonian for 10 years. I've been a Kryptonian all my life. So I'm going to do things this way. And you won't be at, able to contend with that because you're looking at it from a human way. And then maybe, maybe make a movie about a synthesis between his human and his Kryptonian side. Like I am both human and Kryptonian or to right. say that the, re- or, or go the other way and say, the reason I can defeat you is because I am human because I, 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 even though I was I'm conceived on Krypton, uh, that's right. I, I, uh, for the for the older gentleman, we'll get that reference. Uh, there's a lot of it, but the, but there's really nothing in the there's nothing in the theming of that film except you're a god, and when you accept that you're a god and you can kill indiscriminately, that's when you will become self yeah. self actuated, uh, and that's just fucking weird for a Superman movie. It just is. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Godzilla versus King Kong are Kong no, versus Godzilla. So, so hold on, hold on. I was going to say, why don't we go and talk about a different kind of Titan? <laughs> <laughs> okay, start, start, go ahead, go ahead. A legitimate Titan, Godzilla. <laughs> and Kong. And Kong. Because Kong is now part of the, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I, I told uh, uh, Dennis this before you got on Hassan, but so I watched, okay. I watched uh, Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, before, uh, during the day today, uh, just while I, I had him on in the office. Uh, I had caught part of uh, the, to- the 2014 Godzilla uh, a week or so ago it was one of the channels was running it. And I just happened to catch about 15, 20 minutes of it. So I went back and I watched the first two today. I'll watch uh, Skull Island tomorrow. So the question I had was, so at the end of King of the Monsters, we're, you know, we have all of the, he's sitting in the, on the top of the, in the city, the Smash City, and he's got all the other monsters kind of, you know, down, uh, right? owing their fealty to him. And then it ends. Mm-hmm. And then this one starts. Where'd all those monsters go? Did they all just go back to their little spots and go back to sleep? You know what? That's the that's the Marvel Comics Avengers thing, which is that when the, like when the Avengers came out and then it went like our, our mutual friend Todd was like, well, then, but what happens when in Thor when there's a world threatening thing? Why doesn't Captain America show up? And why doesn't Iron Man show up? And I and I said to him, I go because in the Marvel universe, in the comics at least, you you must accept if you're reading a Thor comic, every time Thor's in trouble. Iron Man isn't going to show up because we, we have to be able to have these characters be independent. I think this is a version of that, which is we're telling okay. a story about these guys. So we're not going to have 60 other, I think, the, what was the count? 17? You know, 15 other Titans show up because we're telling this story. Mothra is out in space. Rodan's <laughs> doing something in Mexico. Well, Ma- Mothra got vaporized and Rodan but, got fair, got dusted, but they but yeah. Uh but but Mammoth, Willie Mammoth guy, they're yeah, there was another there was another Mudo and there was uh a bunch of those other guys just all were they're doing you know, other things bowing their heads and, bowing their heads and, and kissing the ring. So um <laughs> I was just I, I saw the end of that today and I was like Hey, what happened to those guys? Because <laughs> I'm like the what the one thing I did like I noticed when watching these other two movies today is they have kept, and and this is the other thing that I found pretty impressive. Also, is you had Gareth Evans do the first one, you had Mike yeah. Doherty do the Gar- second Gareth one. Edwards, Gareth Edwards, Gareth Edwards, Edwards. sorry, not Gareth yeah, Evans, Gareth, Gareth Edwards, yeah. Um, yeah. Mike Doherty do the second one, mm-hmm. and now you've had uh, Adam Wingard do this new one. Mm-hmm. And for three such distinctly different kinds of directors to make three movies that very easily could be, I think you could tell someone that the same guy directed all three of these. And I don't think you would have any problem convincing someone of that. They all fit together very well visually. Um, that's one nice thing I noticed today. Uh, I felt, I just felt that the movies themselves they all flowed into one another. Yeah, they, they, they've done a very nice job of keeping the universe tidy in amongst the creator, you know, having different creators on board throughout the whole process. Um, and now Skull Island will be a completely different thing because obviously it's a whole different part of the world and everything. But the three Godzilla movies you can sort of look at together because they're all involving the same, you know, main character and whatnot. But um, that being said, I thought that 
more than the first two films, uh, this one had a few more human problems uh, <laughs> than the first than the first two had, as far as characters being there that were as soon as they opened their mouth and started talking, you were just like, I don't even need this character around, and I think this character is probably going to die because they're making her pretty unlikable. Uh, and and they do. And so, mm. I, you know, I was fine with that because honestly, I didn't really give a shit at that point if that character <laughs> died or not. And I mean, and that's that's, you know, that's what you try and avoid, obviously. But they made, you know, anytime they make a character unlikable, you're just like, well, all right. So I guess, you know, we can put that one in the bad list because, you know, you know, the, you know, the to do list of of things to happen. Right. Um, I mean, even even the guy who is the head of the company behind uh, the big bad in this film, uh, mm. you know, even he comes across as more likable than his, his daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I honestly, I thought Isaac Gonzalez's character was a complete waste of space. I mean, she didn't come in and do anything other than be someone her father said right. would get the right. job done. That's all there right. was to her. They could have yeah. sent, they could have sent uh uh, a right hand lackey or a guy, a lieutenant of his, a guy right. that he counted on, uh, 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 you know, uh, whatever. No, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were cut scenes with her. This is a, we talked about this before. This is a very svelte film. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if there's 30 minutes that had a little, because I agree with you that, that I don't know that actress, but that, that character felt like she should have been something and she wasn't really doing anything that right. was that important. Yeah. Except, um, so yeah, except spouting off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was more stuff. With I her. think. And again, I think that uh, the ability for them to keep Millie Bobby Brown's character busy was, you know, good. That was the one group that felt to me like that's that it felt like the 1997 Godzilla. Yes. Uh, like, I agree. One group feels like that kid should be more scared. Like, like the other ones felt, dare I say it, slightly more grounded than this. I'm like, and, and there's the wacky guy and then the, the the oh of course he's a hacker and like i'm like if this was at all more grounded he would be like what the fuck have you gotten me into yeah, bitch i'm gonna get the you, fuck out of here yeah <laughs> Bullshit. You, you've pulled a black woody harrelson from 2012 and you've put him into uh, a, a a cube moving by a magnetic rail uh through the earth with 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 11 and uh you know the and whoever the, that the, the, the fat kid, kid from deadpool 2 um <laughs> so new zealand but is going to school in florida for some reason right right and i just feel like yeah you're right i feel like that was a part of the film like to grab i don't want to say to grab the stranger things crowd because just because she's in it but just i think it's a it's a way the film can appeal to younger kids because it has a representation I don't even think it's a Stranger Things thing anymore. I think that Hollywood has decided, which as they do every 10 to 15 years, that uh, is it Miley Bobby Brown? Is that her Millie. name? Yeah, Millie. Millie Bobby, Bobby yeah. Brown is the it girl. Like it, it yes. was oh, 100%. At, at one point, it was Renata Ryder. Then it was um, uh, Padme. Uh, it was um, uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman yeah. And now it's now it's her. Yep. At some point, they just, Hollywood just signs off and says, well, this is the girl. And we're going to put her in everything if we yeah. can get her. Oh, yeah. But that that definitely felt like the wackier part of it. And I was I was surprised that Skarsgård um, and um, oh, I forget the actress's name from Iron Man. I mean, I mean she's been in more than Iron Man 3, but from Iron Man 3. Um, 
Uh, oh, uh, what's her name? I forget her name also. I want to. I want to get her name right because she's a really respectable actress and she's really good. Um, Rebecca Hall. Yeah, Rebecca Hall. Ah, and yeah. Rebecca Hall. I thought they were both really good in this. Yeah, like, they were really yeah. legitimate. I really thought, and they did some interesting things. Like you think that uh, the Scarjo's character is going to try to be a douche, but he kind of comes around and is and is a good guy. Um, yeah. And I thought that this, this, this someone was thinking about what we would normally expect to happen in a really schlocky version of this and right. said, well, let's be a little bit more creative than that. Not yeah. a lot. No, just I, a little bit. I think overall, honestly, all of the humans are secondary to the monsters in they this film, are. no matter what. And right. I think that as much as many, as many name actors are her that are in this and are visible and have yes. I have fairly decent sized they, they, roles. They spent money. They spent money on this. Cast. They they spread this. They spread them out pretty well. You know, there's yeah. not you know other than you know Kyle Chandler's three days worth of shooting at the front and back end of it. You know, because so he can show up. He, and, I know he was the star of the last one. He's barely in this one. Yep, because they don't need him. They didn't need him with everybody. Honestly, which they is need, kind of okay. They exactly. He was there to 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 anchor her to anchor because he he's her dad, and the mom is gone now. This other brother's gone now. So it's only the two of them. So they could anchor him at the beginning and have him be at the other end right. at the end and be fine with it. And, that, and again, that's fine. It anchor it nicely ties it into the second one. Done. I, you know, I kind nice of like. Up. I kind of really liked how the two quote unquote teams right never never met each other. Yes. And they didn't try to shoehorn away for them to meet at the end. And it's just like, no, they just, they were on two different tracks and they never met and weren't aware of each other because the story is that big. I'll tell you who's the star, the breakout star of that movie. And that's Kaylee Hottie, Kaylee Hoddle. Sorry. The little deaf girl. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, she she, was great. Look, she was good. I I think that there's a, a little bit of, well, if this was a real little kid, she'd be crying more often. She'd be emoting a little bit more. She's a little too hey. stoic for a, for an eight-year-old. Hey, she's but used right. to hanging around with Kong. I mean, come this on. How, how, how shocked are you going to be most of the time? This is the movie. <laughs> I like that Kong knew ape sign language. I like that. That was yep, cool. Little. That was awesome. That's cool. <laughs> Although I did want... Okay, so Amy, my one, jungle. <laughs> my one question uh-huh. is that I did want Kong, and I can see why they wouldn't want to do it, but I did want Kong to outsmart Godzilla at some point. Maybe like maybe Godzilla is a little bit more stronger. Maybe Godzilla has a little few has a few more powers, but Kong is smarter, and that makes them, you know, unequal footing. Right. Uh, and because I think it's clear that Kong at least seems smarter, and Godzilla uh, operates more on instinct. Instinct. I think that's that seems purposeful to me yeah. in the storytelling. But just to make Kong, you know, like the fact that the act. Okay, so this is just was my own fault for fan theorizing, but I really wanted the axe for Kong to make the axe uh, himself. Oh, out of a Godzilla fin. Yes. Like, like he like breaks off or like, something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I thought that would have been cool. I still think it would have been cool, but I, I, again, just so that the audience is clear, I think this movie is better than the Godfather. I think it's better <laughs> than the Empire Strikes Back. I think it's better than the conversation. Uh, I think it's better than I think it's the best movie ever. I think it should get Kane? the Academy. I think it should get the Academy Award uh, award for best movie ever made for biggest number of times it kicked your ass. And it's because it's fucking <laughs> awesome. It's fucking awesome. This movie you, was fucking I, great. I see you currently wearing a legendary shirt. Are you currently on their payroll? <laughs> I was at some point. I know. <laughs> this is my favorite t-shirt because it feels this, this t-shirt feels awesome. 
this fabric. Time, what, I don't know what it is. What, is, what do you think amazing. of uh, Godzilla versus Kong overall? I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than uh, uh, King of the Monsters because I, I think King of the Monsters again was in my typical uh, reference was way up its own ass. You know, with it really with trying to. I mean, just trying to just just find a convoluted reason for for so many things to be happening, and this yeah. movie is like, look, if we if, if Kong steps on the scene, Godzilla's gonna smell him and come and try to kick his ass. I mean, it was very very yeah. simplistically yeah. stated, like you know. Um, I did sure. wish that um, the 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 hero status that they 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 attempted to establish for the last two movies of Godzilla. I, I wish that held up a little more. That Godzilla wasn't as arbitrary about wrecking, you know, cities as he, just because he was in a, you know, just because uh, you know he had a bad burrito or something like that, which is which is <laughs> pretty much how they how they kind of depicted him. He's like not I'm pissed very off that this aware of his own size. Yeah. Yeah, in, but I mean, yeah, and, and and in the first movie, in the in the, in, the, in the 2014 movie, he, he there was a lot more conscience that they had they had established the you think um, so? the monster. I, yeah, I I don't think so because I mean he just swims under the Golden Gate Bridge and takes it down. I mean he just swims through a couple of boats and takes them out. You know he steps up into the city a couple of times. I mean it's it's I I felt that they've been fairly consistent with his sort of just like yeah, I, we're here on the world and that's fine, but we mm-hmm. shouldn't expect him to respect right. our space in I, any manner. I I think I I don't know about a lot about Godzilla. My my in terms of the classic stuff my take on it has has been as from what it seemed to me to be correct is that Godzilla is a defender of the earth and if you know if we're not fucking with him he'll you know he won't fuck with us necessarily but if he's got to do something to defend the earth as a whole and we happen to be in the way sorry charlie that's just the way it goes sorry hong right? kong <laughs> i'm i'm defending the planet but go, I'm, yeah. but go ahead Asana. yeah that was it um <laughs> I wasn't trying to naysay you. I'm just saying this, this, right. this is no, I mean, I, no, I get it. I, I get it. I just, I just get, I had more of a sense of his, of character from the Godzilla character, the I Godzilla mean, monster. Is definitely the main character of this film. They made a decision to say, we got to choose one to be the hero of this movie. And we're making the decision that it's Kong. Yeah. And, and, and that's just, I, and I think, I, I'm not saying that was the right choice to make it Kong, but I think it was the right choice to say like Freddie versus Jason. It's a, it's a choice to say, we need to pick one person to be the main character. We can care about the other guy, but one person, one, well, one monkey, one monkey man needs to be the man of this film. Right. Yeah. I'm, I know. I just, I'm just saying the Godzilla character was more of a character in the other two films, you know, so I kind of miss that. I miss that he was, you know, that he was, he's basically just a foil in this, in this one. Mm. It's fine. It is what it is, but sure, sure. That's you know, true. if you're going to ask me personally how I feel, because I am, I was, I was definitely from the beginning and am through the film and, and now it, on team Godzilla, I like Kong. <laughs> always like Kong, but were you team F- Godzilla before? Yeah. Yeah, F, I feel, F, I de- F Kong when it comes to Godzilla. No one, I no definitely one's... feel that if you're, I, I definitely feel that if you're, and I said this on Facebook, I definitely feel that if, if you are a Godzilla person, th- this may feel to you like it's going to give you short shrift. 
No, I didn't. I, I didn't I mind did. it because I mean, Godzilla outright won the contest between the it two did. of them, so I was yeah, totally I fair with it. I was fine with it. I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't I, give I, a damn what happens after that. You know, I feel Godzilla had a lot of personality in this. In this, I mean, when I when uh when Godzilla screams at Kong after defeating him, it screams at Kong in in like superiority, like I, you yeah. bow mm-hmm. to me, and Kong roars back. Godzilla kind of goes. Hey, all right, but like whatever, dude. Like I, I got other fish to fry. Fine, whatever. And I felt that that actually that see that actually was a moment where I felt I wasn't looking at Kong as at Godzilla as just this instinctive force of nature. Like Kong is making a decision. Like I have I have defeated you. Bow to me. Okay, you roar back. I I respect that. Like he's like, I respect that. Cool. All right. I'm but but I'm gonna go do my own thing. Yeah uh without and i felt uh, strangely that was a very human you know that was a very human moment and my 10 year old daughter like i asked like what do you think because that, you know, it's a wordless exchange between two giant nightmare monsters and <laughs> i asked my daughter what did you think that exchange was and she completely got it she was like yeah godzilla was asking him to stand down admit that i'm the superior creature kong though defeated just would not do it and just yelled that in his face and kong was like respect yeah oh, and he had a heart man. attack and then he had to jumpstart yeah. him. So F Kong. <laughs> um, Kong can still get bigger. Huh? Kong can still get, Kong can still get bigger. I don't, I don't care about it. I don't give a damn about whether Kong gets Kong. bigger or not. Um, I was great. I was convinced they were gonna they were gonna kill Godzilla off, you know. Oh, and then really? they were gonna really? Yeah. Um and a, and a couple of people, a, a couple of people on Team Godzilla that I know were like, Yeah, man, they're just gonna they built him up and then they you know they they turned him into um they made him into a god in the second movie, and then and now they're gonna now they're putting King Kong versus Godzilla. They're gonna just remove Godzilla from the equation so that they can continue to make uh, King Kong movies. Since the since the Skull Island movie was more successful than the than either right. one of the previous right. uh, uh, right. King uh, Godzilla movies. So I mean, it's the whole fact that like, look, no one's gonna beat Godzilla. Godzilla is not right. King Kong is an allegory for a lot of other things. Yeah, sure. Godzilla is a force of nature. Godzilla is yeah. an allegory for Godzilla's for, about for power. Nu- yeah, for nuclear proliferation. You know, you you don't beat that with a with a with a tree branch. You know, and a punch yeah. to the face. It just <laughs> it wouldn't it didn't work for me. I mean, in the, in in the sixties movie, it is what it is, and it was a you know. Sure. But it it wouldn't have worked for me. You know, it just wouldn't have made any sense. Now, no, he's definitely a he's a power allegory for sure. Which is why Godzilla had. I mean, excuse me. Which is why King Kong had to be the star of this movie because. Uh, God, yeah, well, Godzilla was going to win. So in order to balance the, the, the narrative correctly, you know, right. it, it's more about King Kong wanting to go home and wanting to find an offense. That's the, that's the only thing I think the movie did wrong or didn't do great. He, there could have been other apes in the, in the hollow earth. Maybe there's somewhere else. I know, you know but I mean, know. we could have gotten it here. I'm sure there, there's a there there are wide uh, there's a wide variety of potential for for future films. Right. I'm just saying, for this particular film in and of itself, he could have you know he could have gotten a little closure in the fact that he wasn't alone because the two of them are just Mrs. these like incredibly lonely creatures. They just wander yeah. the earth and just show up every now and then and beat the well, shit wait, out of each well, other. Wait a minute, I'm gonna because because I think in furtherance of what you were talking and about. And Godzilla's just... apartment is flooded. I mean, we saw that in the previous movie. <laughs> you know, he's got that serious plumbing problem. So, I mean, you know, this... 
Ship He's not hanging out there. There's a lot of Japanese plumbers <laughs> on retainer. Yeah. No, I, I think here's the here's the thing. Because for in further and to further your point, I disagree with you in that sense. Only only in that I think that we're meant to feel that Godzilla's motivations are much more mysterious and esoteric. He is a god, and he just does goes and does what he what he is uh, instinctively meant to do in a way a lot like weather or like you know a nuclear bomb or whatever kong's motivations are much more uh identifiable like we identify with kong like kong is a much more human character in, in part because he just looks more human you know and i think they're they're playing on this idea where the, the lizard god he does his thing and we just have to accept that he does what's best for the earth and try to stay out of his way is what we have to treat that character but mm-hmm. Kong's motivations are much more human identifiable. He wants to be home. He wants a family. He wants connection. God does, uh, Godzilla doesn't give a flying fuck about connection with anybody. He's I just know. like, what's up, guys? I'm doing this shit. I hope you guys don't get in the way of shit I you know. do. But the, 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 was the observation I had. It was just like, yeah. man, these, these, these guys are like... This is this is a lonely fucking job, you know. Well, that's you, what I was saying. I don't, I don't you think wake Godzilla up one night, you're like, "There's way. a giant, there's a fucking giant ape in Tokyo." Fuck! Now I gotta so go all the way to Tokyo, right? And, I and think stomp him, and then and then make him submit, and then I gotta then I gotta swim all the way home, and I'm gonna miss all my soaps and all this, you know. <laughs> it is this kind of bullshit life that I have to lead. It just wow, seems really like kind of sad. About this. Well, and I I'm, think, I'm only giving it thought right now, you know. <laughs> and I think that that's why you have Kong going back to Hollow Earth and enjoying right. a life that he can possibly build for himself there. And like you he's said, tired. he may find other apes. You know, he can find a, a new home and all this. Whereas Godzilla is just going to go back to wherever he goes and goes back to sleep. I, I, I feel like right. that Godzilla goes to sleep and is woken, awoken, awoke. He's awoke by uh by whatever the need the next threat. Is the next threat. Yeah, yes. yeah. How how cool is it that WB? has kept forcing these movies down everyone's throat. I think it's amazing that, because I think at the end of the day, they're, I think they're going to end up, because, you know, the first one didn't do, didn't do that well. Kong did better. You know, people like that one. Mm-hmm. And the last one, you know, didn't, I think, didn't do as well for, you know, reasons. And they made this, they just turn around and just, they just go right, no questions asked. They just go right into making this one. And it real, it, it feels like, just give it time. People will catch on. People will find this franchise. And I think that this may be lightning in a bottle. The, the fact that people are stuck at home by and large and they right. have this big, new, fun movie they can watch. And I think they might, people might come, well, WB might come out of this or someone there might, might come out feeling really vindicated that they championed this franchise. Look, 2014. That's almost 10 years ago at this point. So it's 10 years of making films that really didn't do all that great financially. And they're very expensive to make. I I feel that there's someone, some force behind the scenes that's going like, just keep going. People will catch on. People will get on board. I think this may be the movie that does that. Whatever deal exists between uh, with Legendary and Toho with Warner Mm -hmm. Brothers clearly is working. Because I, right. I, I honestly think that, to your point, if these were really losing money, honestly, they wouldn't keep making them. 
you know, or they were, you they know, lost a lot of money. Sure. Toho yeah. and legendary, or would either break up and Toho would just keep making movies like Shin Godzilla themselves and doing things on their own, their own terms. Yeah. Uh, they just renewed the license for Godzilla though. Um, the, the American oh, wow. distributor. So they're, yeah, they're still going to make more, you know, or they, they at least I, want the opportunity. I, I, I to just make saw, I just saw a story movies. today that said, uh, you know, the plan is today are, they are going to move forward, but they don't have that plan yet because they want to see, a, they want to see how this one does, which they were very upfront with. And they're like, and then we also want to, we don't want to take the story in a direction that doesn't make sense. So he's like, we want right. to see where this one goes and how, how this one's received. And, you know, we'll find the best way to move the story forward from there. So, you know, it does, it does feel like every film they're, you know, they're, they're responding to responses from the fans but they're not derailing. They're not like DC EU where it's like up and down and left and right. Every movie right. is an overreaction. They're like, okay, you thought the first one was a little bit too self-serious and there wasn't enough Godzilla. So we'll, we'll give you more in the next one and we'll give you a little more in the next one. But like you said, by and large, they still feel like they're still in the same universe. And by the way, people talk about the MCU as if it was just this super hyper planned out thing that went from beginning to end. No, they, they made adjustments as they went. Kevin Feige has been very open about how they've made adjustments as they got along. Oh, yeah. Thanos, Thanos wasn't necessarily going to be the big bad. They seeded things here and there and they found a way to balance um, responding to the fans responses, but still saying, we still have to tell a good story. So yes, we'll make small adjustments here and there. We'll be guided by fan response, but we won't be dominated by fan response. And we won't fear fan response, which I think is the difference between the DCEU and the MCU. DCEU, it feels like everything's been an overcorrection. I, I think that, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, I think that Snyder, the Snyder Cut, had you been able to find a way to get that into two hours or two and a half hours by combining scenes and whatever, I think people would have come out of that movie going like, it, it took everything that was good in the previous two movies and kind of paired off the stuff that felt toxic because it, it did feel like we were going in a new direction, especially with characters like Cyborg and the Flash that could sort of take this uh, baton and um, take us into a sunnier new world where superheroes are fun again, rather than a nightmare world where everything is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. Toho has been doing this for 67 years. Okay? They know what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. I think that they're and they, and they know that there's ups and downs. And they also know that they have they own a property which is going to be evergreen right into the future. So they're like, you know what? If people still want to keep making 150 million dollar Godzilla movies that we, you know, that they may even have a piece of as far as I'm sure they do of the of the actual the you know paying paying the you know paying up front as opposed to not yeah. just you know actually making the movie as opposed to just getting a piece of the back end. Yeah, I agree. Then I'm sure they're gonna be on board. If they're if they're if they're uh you know if between them the them, them legendary and Warner Brothers split the bill on these films, you know, right. they're they're getting to maintain let, let's say, for example, that Warner Brothers is, is paying for half. So they're sure. getting a Godzilla movie for $75 million. And Toho and Legendary are getting their pieces for a $35 million buy-in each. That probably makes you less risk-averse. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, whatever partnership they have and, and break up on the, on the back end is, wh however it works out. 
at the end of the day, if Toho's paying $35 million and they're getting a new $200 million Godzilla movie every three years, why would they complain? But that, but that, but to your point, that only works to, to, to your point and my point to, to combining them together. Uh, mm-hmm. That only works if there's people at all of those places that go, well, maybe we didn't clean up the way we thought we should have, but these are good movies. Like someone has to go, we're making good movies. And if we just keep making good movies sooner or later, something will click with the mass audience and we'll get that billion dollar. Payday, I, I don't disagree you know? with you, but I think as long as they're success there, as long as they're showing themselves to be successful overall, I think yeah. that they're, they have no problem. No, you're right, you know, you're right in the sense that if, if these movies completely shit the bed and tanked, then someone will go, we made a good movie, yeah. but people don't want it. Blah, blah, blah. There so you it's, go. It's, 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 but I guess to just be more, um, specific my point is that with specifically the money they've made which is not bad but not great if someone didn't believe in this franchise yes they, they would probably cut their losses is what i'm saying they'd probably go well look eh, what are we gonna do someone right. someone somewhere cares about these films right the, and there, the right there's pe- love there's love here and the right people are still being you know the the pe- the, the yes people are still being kept happy so right. that the people who are in place that love these films are still being allowed to move the process forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm happy to see it because who doesn't like a giant monster movie, honestly. Oh, come on. When <laughs> Mega Godzilla is punching Kong and just those jets were like accelerating the, I mean, the fist as, is great as, as weak as Pacific Rim two was, it was still fun to watch. Yes. I agree. I agree. You know, as, as, as non Guillermo as it was, it was still fun. Sure. So, so yeah, so that's uh, those are the those those are the two. There you go. Okay, I think this is a good <laughs> yeah. jumping off point for me. Dennis? I just say I, I like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm looking forward to where it's going. Looks fun. We had a we uh, had a, we had a brief discussion agreed. on that this morning on uh, on our on the other podcast on on Mike Dolce's Rogue Wave podcast about that because uh, he was he was not happy with the first two pieces and really uh, yeah he thought he thought it was a little flat and uh, yeah. you know we were just like you know. You know, he's struggling with why he should care. That's yeah, basically what his, yeah. His there, there's someone's is. definitely. I'll I'll say this. I want to get going, but I'll say this. Someone has definitely made a decision that we're not going to do the the classic structure of a TV show. Which is oh, they've already said show, that. They said yeah, that every show. Okay, I didn't know. Okay, that, that, that every show has a beginning, middle, and climactic end. Correct. They they've said we're going to treat these like these are six hour movies. The showrunner for Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier, said that this this show is essentially structured like a six hour movie. Right. It's that not. Makes sense. He's like, and we're going to cut it into 40, you know, 45, 48 minute pieces for right. each point. And I'm okay it's with not that. necessarily going to feel each episode is not going to feel like necessarily a complete story, a right. complete story or a complete show in and of itself. But once you see the total picture. Right. I think, but then that then that gets into the philosophy of do you release it all at once or do you release it bit by bit? There you so, go. But that's you know, look, it's Marvel and they've earned some goodwill, and I enjoy these characters. <laughs> they certainly have. <laughs> uh, and I enjoyed, you know, and I when I saw the first episode, I was like, okay, this episode was a little quiet, but I, I get what they're doing, and I'm willing to be patient. Although I think that's why they released the first two episodes of WandaVision at the same time. I think someone saw the first one and said, There's not enough here 
to get people to if definitely we, sign yeah, on. If we drop it by itself, like you're going to confuse people. If we drop two, people will go, okay, I see that there's, there's, a, there's a point here and a point there and to, to, and to get into ship parlance. Now we see there's a vector. There's a vector here that right. I understand. It's not just one point in space. <laughs> uh, and and they now they the whole season to, gonna be like I love Lucy. Oh, I mean, there were still there were still people who were like that. Like, is this <laughs> is this what the show is? Uh, and uh, you just go, yep. <laughs> or you just stay off social media and you ignore <laughs> idiots. That's right. Okay, That's guys, basically what I do. Dennis, I thanks so much, buddy. I appreciate night. it, pal. Thank you, Dennis. All right, see you, pal. Just, uh, later, bye, guys. Bye, Hassan. Bye. Later. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Leave, damn you. <laughs> I want to go away. Is that yeah? You know what? Hey, for an episode's worth of con- for of uh, an episode's worth of uh, you know, Dennis uh, nice. on here raving about uh the Snyderverse and uh and Godzilla versus Kong, why not? It was fine. It was yeah. um I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh and so I just posted on Facebook. I'm like, hey, if uh I go, any of our previous guests are if any of you are not pansies like this guy. <laughs> please <laughs> please uh, <laughs> please show up. If you if any adults who actually want to watch adult entertainment wanna come on, then please, you know. Yeah. I don't know. What I, I forgot what I was watching. I I I called myself watching uh a little more Babylon Five for some reason, and then I then it started watching me, and then I woke up at like around six. So I'm like, ah, I guess I was tired. I can't even tell anymore now. I'm like, hmm. And then I watched uh, the original King Kong, which you know you shouldn't do. You really shouldn't. Why do. shouldn't you do that? That's so, it's good. Yeah, it's a good movie. There's there's questionable shit in it, but well, um, that's true. There is. You know. So like, you know. That's a, that's that's hard to explain to a lot of people. Like yeah, you know, I mean, uh, listen, it's nineteen thirty three for fuck's sake. I mean, I know, but I mean, you don't have to like it. I mean, you get you understand it. I understand. I get it. I get it. Well, you know, they got they got that stereotype, which is really funny. All the white guys in that movie are very even keel. The one racist character was the the really bad stereotypical Chinese cook that that was there. <laughs> You know, all the crazy black man came on to bold and stole white women. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, uh. like, yeah, like I don't even know how to react to this. This is like, this is like, this is like progressive overload. You know, like this is this is making me. This, <laughs> I'm being this, triggered. I'm being yeah, triggered. Yeah, the heads are exploding all over the place. <laughs> so like, you know, because like, it's like fucking Driscoll. Who is who has already professed his love for Anne at this point, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, we gotta go. I guess we gotta go to the island and go get Anne back. You know, he's all and the, chi- the Chinese guy's like, oh my god, they stole her right off the vessel. And Triscoll's like, calm down, man. We're just gonna get these rifles and we're gonna go and get the girl. gonna take care of business. You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought the way Jackson got around it, Peter Jackson's version of. Uh, of handling the natives mm-hmm. on the island. I thought he did a really excellent job of doing that. Right. Did they you say know. in uh you, you just watched the original, did they say where approximately geographically Skull Island is supposed to be in that movie? No, they don't really give they this they they have they have these uh very 
uh, very nondescript the discussions about like you know wherever we're going. Here's you've seen on the map where we're going, and the you know the captain's got okay. a little bit of apprehension. And then about in, Peter, it. in Peter Jackson's, do they say exactly where it's located? Not like it's not really it's Pacific or Atlantic. Like if it's more towards I would, Africa I would, or more towards like Polynesia. I would imagine it's in the Pacific. You know, it's okay. it's more tropical, right? So right. it's there's you know so. I would imagine it's that part, most likely closer to the equator. If you're going to have, you yes. know, if you're going to have yes. weather yeah, yeah. weather systems that bad for you guys, you get a 15 foot eight. That I guess you got to be in the warm weather. Well, <laughs> you, one would expect. Yeah, um, I was just curious, and I and I don't remember in Skull Island if they do either. So I'll 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 keep an eye out for that. Tomorrow. See, you know, what's funny is everyone loves Skull Island. I didn't like that movie. I, oh, I thought really? it was all. I thought it just. Did not know what it wanted to be, and it was all over the place for okay. me. Yeah, and and that movie, everybody liked it. Like it was almost universal. Everyone I talked to was like, "Oh, that movie was great," and I was like, "Really?" And um, <laughs> and the Godzilla movie, which I it has its issues, but I just remember now that the other the other caveat about the Godzilla thing. I went to go see that movie with a huge Godzilla fan, like a like a. Mm-hmm. And he had already seen it, and he was he loved it. So I went in there knowing that it it had been endorsed by probably one of the biggest Godzilla fanatics. Okay. So even though I was annoyed with the with the the constant cutting away at the last minute to to you know very un, uninspired and uninteresting human characters, while you got Mudos and a giant kaiju monster fighting in the middle of the bay, right? right. Uh, in in uh, in Hawaii. Uh, I did the what what battle what fights we did get, I was all there for, and I just I just did not like the the 1997, the 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 devil and Godzilla movie by any oh, stretch yeah, of the imagination. Oh yeah, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I just you I know just, the one I, thing I did like about that movie was uh, I remember when the trailers came out and everyone was like, "Ooh, Godzilla, yay!" <laughs> um, and I remember when I finally saw it, and I. The one thing that I was most happy about was the fact that a big chunk of the third act was not even brought to light in any of the trailers ahead of time. And I thought that that was really smart for them to not babies. Exactly. Exactly. That none of that was brought up in the trailers anywhere. Nothing about that was mentioned so that that was a nice big reveal um, Mm. for the movie in and of itself. And, you know, other than the fact, I mean, listen, it's, it's a blatant Jurassic Park rip. I mean, it's just oh, it's yeah. egregious. Yeah, yeah. It's such an egregious ripoff. Yeah, but I mean, it's fine. You know, it's one yeah. of those. Uh, that, and, and and unfortunately, being the first of a of what they thought was going to be a new series of Godzilla films, way too many humans. You know, you're trying to yeah. hold, you're trying They're to hold humans. your Godzilla stuff for these big moments and your big reveal and all this, but it's like there's just way too many people. In that movie and 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 bad like bad like okay stories are about relationships and you're going to give us this really weak relationship between matthew broderick and and uh john reno not no what's his girlfriend the girl's name who oh 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 yeah um crap polito or something like that i forget her name she she came and went she kind of vanished right after that uh, um uh, 20, uh, it's uh something italian yeah maria patillo Patio. I knew it was a P is word. Right? Is that her? The blonde? Yes. Oh, her IMDb picture. She's a brunette with straight hair. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? 
I guess. Right on. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I listen, I think most of the characterizations in the movie were fine. I mean, they they were just they just weren't like you said, they just weren't that interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, but you're but this the is ex-girlfriend who's a journalist. You know, again, I think the most interesting character is John Reno. He's like this, you know, weird French spy guy who shows up yeah. and disappears at the end, which is fine. You know, and these and terrible has- French gags about how they can't get good coffee and that America yeah. sucks. And, you know, like, it's fine. But I mean, <laughs> it was like, fine in on. 1996. Come on. Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, you know, like, OK, so we got bad coffee. Gotcha. You know, like you're, you guys are stuck here with bad coffee. Like, OK. Uh, thanks for thanks for giving us a giant kaiju, though. You you <laughs> you French Nazis. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exit here. Yeah. So thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss in our Down the Tube segments. None tonight. And don't forget to download, subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Hassan Godwin, not Lathan Conger III, but myself, <laughs> we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and man who can best not only the Justice League, but also renegade titans, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> We missed you, Latham. <laughs> we missed you, Latham. <laughs> Godzilla versus Truman Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Good night. Good. <laughs> good afternoon. Good evening, and good night. Good night, Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> good afternoon. Good evening, and Godzilla. <laughs>